welcome to another episode of the Joy of Social Work podcast. Actually, welcome to the last episode of this here fourth season of the Joy of Social Work podcast. As you should know by now, I am taking a break from podcasting, at least on my own platform. Now I'll be a guest on yours, but not on mine for a little bit. Um, just to kind of figure out what the direction of this podcast is going. And also there's some things happening for me that I kind of just want to focus on and put my attention to and not feel like, oh, damn, I got to record or like, what what am I about to record about? I just want to focus on some other things right now. And so this will be on pause. I don't know how long. When I know, you will know. If we're back, we'll be back. If we're not... It's been a good four years. I just I just don't know right now, and I don't want to make a decision to continue or not to continue until I feel super confident in whatever that is and what that looks like. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening and supporting and rocking out with me for all of these years. It's so wild that this has been going on for four years. So... I'm going to get back to it, but I listened to the first episode today just to kind of see where I started versus where I am. And it was interesting, but I'm going to get back. I'm going to get to that. Um, But as you might already know or might be attending, this Saturday, February 5th, we are celebrating the four years of the Joy of Social Work podcast. The ticket sales were supposed to end today, but since I'm releasing this episode so late, I'm going to push it to Monday. So you have until tomorrow. So if you don't listen to this until Tuesday and you want to come, um, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I mean, you might be able to reach out, but I might also say no because this has been on sale for maybe a month now or longer than a month so. Anywho, that's that. Maybe I'll give out some free tickets. I don't know. There'll probably be, I have some t-shirts left in random sizes that I might have there that maybe there'll be some kind of a giveaway. Um, Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like to give out free stuff. So there'll probably be some kind of a giveaway. Um... We're going to have food by Chef Royalty. Shout out to Chef Royalty. Yesterday, she invited me to the soft launch of her um, supper club business. So her and a few other chefs have collaborated on this business called the, um, gosh, now I can't remember how to say it. Is it Epicurean? I think it's Epicurean Affairs. Yo, that food, baby. Yeah. That food was so good. The desserts were so good. That the drinks were so everything was delicious. I was just like, and then it was like served to me, you know. In in my life that I live in my head, <laughs> I am treated like this every day. But in my real life, I am not. But it was giving big black excellent luxury for me, and I was here for it all. It was amazing. Um, so shout out to them for that event. And I'm looking forward to the things that they're going to be doing. Um, they have a, a Valentine's Day event coming up, and I'm like, <laughs> if I had a boo, I could go. But, you know, 
hoping I don't have one of those, so. And maybe I go to girlfriend, but I don't know, because all my girlfriends have boyfriends or husbands, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that would translate into, I'm going with Jordan's Valentine's Day thing, like, or what? So, we'll see. Maybe I'll meet somebody. It's only January 30th. Okay, I'm not meeting anybody today, unless they're on the laundromat, because I'm doing laundry. I got two weeks. Anyway, let's be realistic here. So, yeah, so that was Saturday. That was a great time. Friday, I got a new tattoo. Haven't had a tattoo in two years. Two years? Yeah. Huh? Three years? I haven't had a tattoo in three years. Ooh. So, that was exciting. Um... I'm waiting for the tattoo artist to send me pictures of it so I can post them. It was a very different experience. Like, there, I have this, like, I don't know, like, sticker healing thing on it right now versus, like, the paper towel and masking tape or, like, the freaking saran wrap that makes your arms sweat. Very different experience. Also, like, she, I sent a picture of what I wanted and she drew out different renditions of it it was just so professional and like also gave luxury and so this is just what i need life to be like i'm tired of the struggle life i just am over it i just don't want to do it anymore luxury only that's 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 my that's my aspirations but yeah, so that's what's happening over cheer on top of a bunch of other stuff that is frustrating and I don't want to talk about. But I might talk about it if you come on Saturday because it all connects. But that's what's happening here. So anyway, earlier I listened to the first episode. My plan was to record right after, but then I took a nap because <laughs> I was tired. I was tired and I had a little bit of leftovers from last night and it was so good. And I was like, I just have to go to sleep. Excuse me. I have to go to sleep. And I did. And then I woke up and I was like, I should do laundry because there's so many dirty clothes that I have. And then I did. And now I was like, I need to record because it's late. And that's what I'm doing now. So I listened to the first episode, but I, and I had not listened to it in four years. And I remembered when I recorded it, I felt so sad. And from what I remembered, there was much more crying and just like sadness. And then when I listened to it, I was like, oh. I mean, it was. There was crying. I was sad. But I, I felt different hearing it now. And I'm sure because it's been four years and I'm in a very different space. And also I can tell my story and listen to my story differently. Is that a dog barking? Where the fuck is a dog? Why do I hear a dog? Oh, in the hallway. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, so I was just like, I just... I've really grown over the last four years. 
Four years ago, I was in a not great space at all whatsoever. And not that I'm in, like, the best space of my life, but I'm in a much better space. Um, I am really working on things, working on myself, and I'm really... embracing grief um I have a few clients who have recently lost uh loved ones and we talk about grief being a roller coaster so sometimes I'll ask like what kind of roller coaster are you on today sometimes it's a baby coaster sometimes it's like one day the other day someone said they want a nitro like it's just like one big drop is that the nitro I don't get on roller coasters so but I think it was that one. I think it's just one big drop. Or like sometimes it's like the ones, the roller coasters that you're doing all kinds of loops and turns and twists and stuff like that. And so I feel like there are obviously days that feel more big drop. Like things, <laughs> literally last week, things are going well. I'm like, life is looking up. And then I got some news and it felt like, Damn, why does the other shoe always have to drop for me? And I, like, was in this, like, weird place and this, like, pity party almost. And I was like, you know what? I got to do what I got to do. If this is it, then this is it. And I'm annoyed by it, but what can I do? Like, what can I do? It's, it's a roadblock, but it doesn't stop me from getting to the next chapter 100%. And so it's just kind of been like changing my mindset and and giving myself grace and all the things, just kind of like being kinder to myself. And when I want to cry, I cry. And when I want to scream and yell and curse people out, I do that too. Well, I don't curse people out, but I mean like not to that maybe behind their back sometimes. I don't know. But I've just been like in this space of like feeling the feels because pushing them aside don't make them go away. And it's something that I'm trying to help my clients do because everybody, I mean like them, my friends, myself, we just want shit to like be okay. So it's like I just won't think about it. And that's not real. That doesn't make it leave. It just puts a, like a temporary bandage almost on things. And I feel like I've been doing the work and it's, it's been different phases and I'm grateful to have this platform so I can see where I was at different stages. So like when I started this podcast, I was seeing this other therapist and she was an older black woman and I liked her because she felt motherly. But one of the things that I also was struggling with is like my resistance to mother figures. Um, I am that person who, like it's interesting now, like a lot of my friends have kids or are having kids. And it's like, this is Auntie Joy. But growing up, 
there was only, other than like my actual biological aunts, there was only one of my mother's friends that I called aunt anything. Um, and then like my godmother, who I called my godmother, but everybody else, I just didn't call them a thing. I'm like, you're not my aunt, so I'm not calling you aunt anything. And I, I like, I am of a certain age where you called people Miss or Mister, whoever their 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 name was, and that didn't always feel comfortable for me. <laughs> so I just didn't call people by their name. Like if I wanted your attention, I would like touch you, or I'd get into like your visuals so you can, um know that I'm talking to you, but I, I definitely wasn't a, like, this is aunt such and such. Or, like, even my friend's parents, I didn't call. And I had friends who called my parent, my mom, like, auntie. And I just wouldn't call their parent that because that just was never, like, I don't know. Like, I'm weird. Like, if you're not my person, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. And so... I was, like, very resistant to, there was a lot of women, and I am grateful for it, but there were, like, women who who kind of wanted to take on that role for me, and it was uncomfortable in some ways because I didn't know how to receive it because it was, one, it's been some years since I've had a mother, and my mother and I had some sort of different dynamic because I was a caregiver to her. So like, yeah, when she was like my mom, there was still like a lot of me taking care of her physically that if I, if she wasn't sick, she might be doing more for me, if that makes sense. Um, so having... other people try to fill that for me was awkward. Um, so, and also then this therapist one time, I think she fell asleep in a session. And I was like, all right, well that's it for me. Cause that's a trigger for me because I had a supervisor fall asleep in supervision twice. And I was just like, then I get it. Like I have been in sessions where I've like yawned a lot or have felt tired. Um, But, like, actually closing your eyes and going to sleep felt like a no-no for me. So she and I ended up stopped working together. Um, I think she also stopped taking my insurance or I stopped having that insurance. So it just kind of worked out. And now the therapist that I have now, I don't know how old she is, but I feel like we're closer in age. I feel like um, I'm able to relating connect to her differently um I feel like her therapy style is much more like mine or mine is like hers um and it just feels more comfortable like I had to have a real difficult conversation with her last week actually and I was like I'm a little uncomfortable because this is an embarrassing thing to talk about and she didn't make me feel that way. And I think that my experiences with therapists in the past, because they weren't a good fit, has made me feel like I couldn't talk about certain things. So, like, they were, like, just 
a bunch of topics that I wouldn't talk about. I didn't feel safe talking about struggling with depression or being anxious about things because when I was in grad school, I didn't want anyone to say, I like call my school and say I couldn't be a social worker. Or even when I was working, I didn't want it to like, I don't know, get back to my job or get back to a licensing board like, oh, she's depressed or she can't be a social worker. And just like had these like kind of unrealistic thoughts, but that somewhat felt logical of like why I couldn't fully show up and be myself in sessions. And so I'm grateful that I do have that now where I'm, I'm really able to say the things that I think and feel in therapy. And I feel like she hears me and she, again, will like check me if I say something that's like, girl, what? Um, and is supportive and is like as supportive as my therapist, also supportive as like a colleague. So I, I, I really enjoy her and I hope that <laughs> when I move, she gets licensed there so that I can continue to work with her. <sighs> Cause then I might have to just be out of therapy. I mean, I guess I could find a new therapist, but also I'm like, Ugh. I don't want to do that. So, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, listening to it and even thinking about, like, that part of my journey has really changed. Um, I think that I did need to come back to the Bronx, um, where the Bronx felt like such a... mm, I feel like I have a trauma bond with the Bronx, if that makes sense. Like... The Bronx has been such a sad place for me just because, like, this is where I'm from and this is where I've been most of my life. But it also is my home. Like, I'm the most comfortable here because I know it. Like, I know how to get around. I know how to, like, be here versus living in Brooklyn and feeling very much like an outsider and not safe or not at home so I think I needed to come back here to kind of do some of this healing and this work on myself I love the quote you can't hurt you can't heal where you got hurt um and I think after Rashim died Brooklyn felt very sad to me and it was just like I don't want to be here and then like my relationships felt like they changed in Brooklyn in some ways and it was like well, now I don't have anyone here. I don't like it. And I worked uptown and I spent so much time uptown. And then when I stopped working uptown and I was working in Brooklyn, even then sometimes I would go uptown because I just didn't want to be in Brooklyn. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just like a lot of necessary things that I've had to do in the last four years to get to a different space. I also think, obviously, having this podcast has been helpful. I think we don't give enough credit to actually talking about our pain. Um, And it doesn't need to be in this kind of way that's public and other people are listening to it. But journaling or going to therapy or even talking to your friends or family, people who you feel like 
are a support system to you who are going to listen to you um, and not discount any of your pain or your feelings and also not um, tell you just kind of like you need to get over it. That's not helpful. You don't need people who are going to tell you don't cry. That's not helpful. You're not going to tell people need people to tell you somebody else has it worse. That's not helpful. You know, you need a space that you're actually able to process again and feel heard and feel seen in. And so I'm grateful that I've had that in this podcast and there's been, um, you know, the goal was like one other person to feel impacted. And I know that it's been more than that. And so that feels really special. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And then having, I think in some ways, my experience has allowed my friends to feel comfortable talking about loss or feel comfortable talking about mental health or feel comfortable talking about, um, like their own mental health. Like I'm not doing well today and this is what I need to be supported from you. And and these are conversations that I think more people are having because there seems to be more of a need for it. But also like there is a normalization and I'm glad that we have that. I'm glad that I'm able to talk to my friends of like, yeah, today was a bad day. I understand why people sometimes don't want to be here. You know, and like that not being... Like, that being concerning, but also not like, oh, girl, you're not going to do nothing to yourself. Because that would have been a response a few years ago from some people, maybe. So, yeah. Now I feel like I'm like, I don't know what to say. I think part of me hesitated in recording this because it's like, oh, shit, this is the last thing for a while that I'll put out. What do I say? How do I wrap it all up? And make it all make sense or like put a pretty bow on it. And I think that healing doesn't always have a pretty bow on the end. It's not linear. Sometimes it feels much harder and like a lot of work. And I think that's sometimes why people don't do it. I think that I didn't really begin to process my parents' deaths until Rasheem died because then I was like, You've lost three really close people to you on top of other people who are close to you. But these losses just are hitting a little bit differently. And like you haven't grieved. You haven't taken the time to process like how you are really feeling. And you haven't given yourself that space. And and so I think these last four years have and the next four and the next four after that will continue to be giving myself that space. And like what life looks like moving forward without them. And and that gets very funky and sad for me at times because, you know, I quit my job in a pandemic. I would have loved to talk to my parents about that. I would have loved to have a partner to be there with me like, or whatever you can't do or don't have, I'm here for you. Versus, like, having to do it alone. And I think about, like, dating and wanting to be married and wanting to have a child and have a family and all of this stuff. And what that means, not having my parents there. Or what that means 
when I am getting to know somebody and I'm talking about Rashim and I need this, whoever is going to be my person to not feel jealous of someone who is dead because I've met a lot of niggas and I should say a lot niggas in the last four years who have been weird about it. And it's like, this is forever going to be a part of me. This is going to be forever a part of my dating story. I will never not talk about him because he is super relevant to my life, to what love looks and feels like to me, to what a healthy relationship looks and feels like to me. So I would never be like, I would never not talk about him. Um, and like thinking of like being serious about meeting a partner who is secure enough with himself to know like this person is not <laughs> a threat to you. Um, or thinking about like, I don't know, I, 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 I still don't know if I am by a lot of physically able to have a child. And if I were to get pregnant, what that is like to not have my parents there or not have my mom there specifically. And if the person has their mom there, am I going to be okay with listening to her? Or am I going to be like, I would prefer you not telling me anything about how to be a mom. Cause you're not my mom. You know, like I don't know what any of these things are going to bring. Like, I plan on moving. What is that going to be like? I'm now going to be in a new place with people that I know, but not with people. You know, like, it's new. It's different. And where I'm super excited about it and the thought of it, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. So just like I'm growing up. I'm like, I'm a big girl now. And this day's like, oh, my my mom's birthday was the 24th. And my friends were like, how are you? And I was like, sometimes I just be wanting my mom. Like, sometimes I just want my mom. And, and every time something significant happens or there's like a transitional period, I want my mom. I want my dad. I want Rajin. But I know that I don't have them in those ways. And it's like, what is, what do I do with that? And how do I move on with life? Having them in the way that I can have them now. Um, and again, like how do I show up for myself? in these new situations. With my loss. So. We'll see what's next. I mean, I have an idea of what's next. You'll find out what's next. I mean, if you know, you know. Some people know more details than others. Um. But like I said, I'm excited about all of the next chapters. I am nervous about them, but I am embracing growing up <laughs> at 37. Um, 
But no, I'm embracing this space that I'm entering. I am super grateful for my support system. I'm also grateful for clarity that some people who I think I naturally thought would be part of my support system aren't. Um, and being okay with leaving people where they are. Despite who they're supposed to be to me. Or maybe not supposed to be, but like who they actually are to me. And it's just like, well, you you don't show up as that role or what I imagine that role to be. So instead of me sitting here like, why the, why aren't we close? Just being okay with, that's not our relationship. And I get that closeness from someone else. Or not. And that's okay too. Um... But yeah, stay tuned. I probably will be back. I, I don't see this ending <laughs> forever. <laughs> so I'll probably be back, if only just to give you an update. But thank you so much for listening. If you have been listening the whole four years straight, I appreciate you. If you just started listening and are catching up, so I know people like, will reach out and they're like, I just started listening. I'm in 2019 now. And I'm like, oh, so much has happened since then. <laughs> but um, thank, thank you for taking this journey with me. Thank you again to Christine for putting this together and the idea of it and making me a podcaster. Thank you to my friends for <laughs> being guests and listening to stuff. Um, when I was like, I don't know about this. Uh, yeah. Thank you to anyone who's been a guest, to my family, anyone who's ever supported, even if you are only listening to this one episode and you're like, I'm not listening ever again. Thank you too. <laughs> thank you to anyone who's ever bought merchandise. Thank you to those who I'll see on Saturday. I guess I can tell you thank you on Saturday, and I will tell you thank you on Saturday. But, yeah, just thank you. Thank you for the support. It's It's been an honor and a privilege to be able to share my life with folks and have folks be, like, cool with it and respond to it and connect with it. And this podcast has definitely going far beyond my expectations of how it was going to reach people and for that I'm super grateful um so thank you thank you thank you thank you I'll talk to you soon yeah bye